we're number one. We'll hold the line. We won't step back. We'll just attack time after time. We're lightning fast. We'll drive like rain. We won't be beat. We won't retreat. Ice in our veins. We are the storm from Melbourne town. We'll blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're number one. We are the Storm and we're number one. Welcome to Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast, episode 13. As always, a quick shout out to those of you who are supporting the podcast by downloading and subscribing to Stormcast with Gobs, the one and only Melbourne Storm podcast. Stormcast is your one-stop shop for discussing all things Melbourne Storm. Stormcast is... With Gobs is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. As always, I'm your host, Gobs, and I'll be bringing you the latest news, views, and storm content over the 2023 season. Now, without any further ado, let's get on with the podcast. Gritty come from behind win over the much improved New Zealand Warriors in the traditional Anzac Day clash, who made Storm work for their victory. A slow start by the Melbourne Storm saw the Warriors jump to an 18-6 lead at one point in the game, and the signs were ominous that the New Zealand franchise was about to cause a boil over at Amy Park and win their third Anzac Day clash since 2009. Until cometh the hour, cometh the man mountain. Nelson Asofa Solomona entered the game from the interchange bench and turned the match on its head. His impact was immediate, kicking the storm into gear and helped wrestling back momentum and opened up the ruck with his larger-than-life carries through the middle third of the field, which gave great ascendancy for Harry Grant to get on the front foot and opened up the field and edges for Munster and Hughes to do their thing. One of the main beneficiaries to Nelson's impact was fullback Nick Meaney, who has been in a real purple patch of form and, in my opinion, probably played his best game in a Storm jersey to date. So much so, he was awarded the Spirit of the Anzac Medal for best on ground. Meaney has... Uh, ended up scoring a double and was sharp with the boot all night, nailing goals from the sideline with ease to help the Storm record a 30-20-22 uh, comeback victory in front of a sold-out Amy Park. The place was pumping. The ceremony prior to the game was absolutely fantastic as always. Very moving. Uh, and again, I think I made mention to it in the last podcast, is that if any Melbourne Storm fan has never attended an Amy Park um, pre-game Anzac Day um, game against the Warriors, do yourself a favour. It is remarkable. The full credit 
and kudos to the Melbourne Storm. Um, the way they conduct the ceremony pre-game, um, the ode, the last post, um, the anthems, the blackout, it, it's just, it's its so well done. And uh, they, do, they do a fantastic job every single year. Uh, it's, again, it's my favourite, my favourite, Game on the, on the rugby league calendar. I always circle it. I ensure that I take time off work to get down there and 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 and, and attend and really really make a few days of it. Go to the shrine of remembrance, um, on the on the um, on Anzac Day uh, morning for the dawn service and get along um, and see the the diggers and the veterans marching in marching in the parade down. Down Flinders and Swanston, um, it is it is actually absolutely fantastic. Melbourne does it well, and the Storm, um, yeah, they they do Anzac Day so so well. Um, so again, uh, do yourself a favour if if you've never been and you've always thought about it and contemplated about it, just just bite the bullet. I urge I urge you to do it next year, um, and and make it a, make it an annual trip like I've been able to do. It's it's. Fantastic! Save your pennies, get down there, and really, really enjoy it. So, um, now back to the game. Um, again, the the Warriors really come out, um, really had the storm on the back foot um, until Nelson really changed the game with his with his impact. It was his first game uh, in roughly about six weeks after doing his medial ligament in round two against the Bulldogs. So the impact. Um, and the amount of minutes that he did play, virtually played well, close to, I'd say, maybe 50, 60 minutes, uh, definitely about 60 minutes of, of, of the entire game. Uh, Beliak uh, was a little bit reluctant because obviously coming off that knee injury and hence why he came off the bench. But um, when he did get on there, he just caused complete havoc and d- destruction to the fact that he really, really got the storm going. Um, let's see what Beliak had to say in the press conference. Craig, you mentioned how much ball the Warriors had early on. How much did that start, I guess, surprise you a little bit, but they started to fall away in the second. Yeah, I wouldn't say surprising. I think, you know, they've, I think I said during the week, you know, I can't remember a side that has improved so much from the end of last year to the start of this year. Like, they've... Now, they've been playing some real good footy this year, and um, and you know, really consistent and very. Um, even when they get under a bit of pressure, you know they, they seem to be able to handle that okay. You know, so um, like I say, I, I, I was real happy the way we fought back after that. Um, you know, when we were down twelve nil, and I think we went down eighteen six. So you know that. I probably didn't have time to think about it, but if I had thought about it, I think this is going to be you know, tough coming back from this. But, um, you know, the guys just hung in there and done a tremendous job and, you know, must have come up with a couple of big plays. And, you know, as Christian said, you know, um, Nelson got a couple of quick plays of the balls for us, which gives us some momentum. And I thought uh, Nick Meany done a great job, you know, through the middle there as well. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it, to me, it was a really strange game. Like, I'm not quite sure what happened, you know. I don't sort of think like that too often, but yeah, it was just a, a real different game, you know. And um, but like I say, I, you know, I knew it was always going to be a, a real tough game. It always is on Anzac Day anyway. Uh, but as I said, I, you know, 
their improvement this year is, uh, has been enormous. Andrew. And it has been. Their improvement has been quite noticeable all across the nine rounds thus far. Um, this is Warriors of old where they'd, they'd fold like an origami. They're really, really in it. They've, there's a there's a steel and there's a resilience um, that their new coach, Andrew Webster, has instilled in them. Uh, he's obviously brought some real strong uh, principles over from the Panthers where he's been an assistant coach for the last couple of seasons, uh, been involved in their premiership success. Um, and it's... it's it's noticeable in the Warriors. Um, defensively, they're much better. Uh, and their ability to, to not throw the towel in when the going gets tough. Uh, and that goes to show that their their mental aptitude has changed completely. Um, so, yeah, it was, um, again, a really hard-fought victory that the Melbourne Storm had to work for, um, and which which is a great show, a great showing for Melbourne to know that, that the storm can 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 get back into a contest as well if their backs are against the wall and and they haven't got things going their own way. So you often hear about commentators and and, and ex players talk about a team's ability to have a plan A, plan B, and plan C. Um, and the good teams do. The good teams have contingencies if things aren't going their way, and I think we did see that with the Storm the other night. Obviously, Nelson coming on and just skittling people really, really helped, but the Storm basically went, okay, things aren't going according to plan. We need plan B, and and that, that's what happens. When you get a bit of momentum, a bit of ascendancy around the ruck, um, it really it really helped um, the spine um, the playmakers in general, uh, because when you're on the back foot, which again we we go back to that that mainly Warringah Seagulls game where the Storm just were completely parked in their own red zone, couldn't get out, couldn't get any ascendancy. We're on the back foot for majority of the night. Uh, felt like they virtually played the entire game in their own in their own red zone. Um, the impact of Monster Hughes. Um, Meany, oh, Meany didn't play, but um, uh, Pezzett, uh became null and void because they just didn't have any any ascendancy. So the Storm have probably obviously gone back and looked at that game and thought, okay, well, we can't just rely on on a, on a specific game plan um, because if things don't go according to the script of the way they hope things will. Then all of a sudden you've you've got to you've got to rely upon a secondary game plan, so to speak, in 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 order to get yourself out of out of quicksand. And um, I thought we saw that the other night. Uh, they they obviously learned from the disappointing uh, showing and outing against Manly. Um, and again, coming from behind against the Warriors, like when Fanua Black crossed, I thought. This is this is going to be tough. This, this this potentially could be a long night, but again, they they stuck to their their systems, their processes, um, didn't sort of fold, um, and really, I suppose, were waiting for that impact that Nelson could provide in terms of his go forward post contact meters, quick play the balls, and then all of a sudden, bang! That just really snapped them straight into gear 
uh, and they got back to playing their natural their natural game. And sometimes, sometimes when you haven't got things going your way, you've just got to absorb. You've got to absorb the pressure. You've got to absorb the defence that's that's being asked. Um, and the Storm did that for that first 25, 30 minutes of the game. Uh, whilst the scoreboard was was going against them, there was there didn't seem to be a great deal of panic. Uh, it was a slow start, yes, but it was one of those things where once possession started to even out um, and they started to get a bit of field position and started to play field position with kicking game, etc., and turning the Warriors around, they really, really hit their straps and got back into um, got back into control of the game, which was which was pleasing to see. And I suppose the other thing too is is that they only really conceded four points um, after they started to hit the lead as well in that second half period. So no, it was um, it was a hard fought win, um, very very character building victory. Um, and again, I think they'll they'll take some they'll take some um, some learnings out of that that win as well. I don't think again it wasn't comprehensive. Um, still, plenty of areas to improve, but um, a win on Anzac Day very very special. Um, and then going into the bye, um, it almost became a four point victory as well. So the boys will be. Well rested, um, probably came at a, a really opportune time as well. Um, get over those little niggles that potentially feel the boys that. Um, I mean, everyone's playing with niggles and, and little little injuries at this this stage of the season now. But um, that week off to to recover and, and get the body right, it will definitely help, uh, no doubt. And going into Magic Ground this weekend. Um, Having coming off the bye, having having that well rested sort of break, um, fingers crossed it'll it'll serve the storm well. Um, let's hope so. Teamless Tuesday. Well, Melbourne Storm have named an unchanged starting lineup for one of the highlight matches of NRL Magic Round this weekend, the Saturday night matchup with the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Suncorp Stadium. The only uh, alliteration to the 17-man squad is on the bench, where Tom Eisenhuth returns from injury and has been included, with Tyron Wishart dropping back to 18th man. Second rower, Eli Katoa, has been officially cleared to play after coming from the field with a concussion in the Anzac Day win against the Warriors. Now, I know there was uh, a little bit of um, talk and debate uh, on Storm social media pages about Ellie uh, potentially not playing uh, due to the Category 1 11-day stand-down, but um, being officially clear, being named, um, that's, that's a really, really good sign. I made mention to the fact that the turnaround from Anzac Day, along with the fact that there is an avenue to apply um, for an exemption if the player is no longer showing signs of concussion, uh, and that can be signed off on by the NRL's independent doctor. So this might have definitely been one of those one of those scenarios where uh, Elisa Katoa 
was virtually fine after the game, uh, has passed all the protocols um, that's been required and asked of him during that period. And um, coming through that 11-day period um, and potentially uh, applying for that exemption in order to play um, has seen him being named. So uh, undoubtedly um, the Storm will, will probably have will take a lot of precaution in and around that. He'll probably be given up until captain's run. Uh, if he gets through captain's run, all right, then I, I don't see any issue with him not being uh, available and will run out against the Rabbitohs. So uh, we'll just we'll watch that. But again, um, I was confident that he was always going to be named and he was always going to be play, uh, playing against the Rabbitohs and that seems to be the case. So... Yeah, good news on that front. Uh, added to the extended bench for this weekend, uh, Grant Anderson, Tebai Moroa, Jordan Grant and Jonah Pezzett. Uh Storm and the Rabbitohs are meeting for the second time this season uh, in the first opening 10 rounds of the competition, which I know um, gets the goat of many about the draw, but look, it, it is what it is. It's just one of those things where... It's extremely complicated where you've got so many different um, things to feed in, five-day turnarounds, um, three buys evenly spaced out. Um, you've got clubs have their own wish lists in terms of what days, nights, um, opponents they want to play throughout the regular season. So it's really one of those things where whatever, whatever the algorithm they use, this is, this is what it spits out. So... Um, yeah, five five weeks ago we played the Rabbitohs and um, Storm emerged victors that night, 18-10. So let's hope history can repeat itself um, this, this weekend. So let's just have a quick look at the, uh, at the actual team list. So Nick Meaney uh, is at fullback. Will Warbrick and Xavier Coates are on the wings. Remus Smith and Justin Ollum are in the centres. The halves are Cameron Munster at 5'8", Jerome Hughes at halfback. Uh, Nelson, Sofa Solomona, Christian Welsh are in the front row. Harry Grant at hooker. Uh, the back row comprises of Trent Liero, Elisa Katoa and Josh King locks the scrum. On the interchange bench, we have Bronson Garlic in 14. Aaron Penne is in line to play his second game for the Melbourne Storm this season. Tom Eisenhuth returns um, and Tarek Sims is in jersey number 17. As mentioned on the extended reserves, we've got Tyron Wishart, uh, Grant Anderson, Tepai Moroa, Jordan Grant and Jonah Pezzett. So um, again, sticking with the same formula that um, they got the job done over the Warriors. Um, and I think it's also... It's also uh, important to note that the last time that the Storm did play the Rabbitohs uh, in Sydney at um, Acor Stadium at Sydney Olympic Park, they were without Jerome Hughes, who was serving a two-game suspension after his uh, dangerous contact um, on Tanner Boyd for the Titans. And Nelson Asafa Solomona was obviously in the injured uh, list as well. So... To have Hughes and uh, Asafa Solomona back for this game is only going to ensure that the Storm will be more potent 
uh, and more dangerous. So yeah, hopefully that bodes very, very well. I, I like the look of the Storm's bench as well. Um, Garlic, Penne, uh, Eisenhuth and Sims, very mobile, very big, uh, good leg speed. Um, Eisenhuth can play on an edge um, as well as in the middle. Um, Garlic primarily plays, comes on and does a lot of work in and around the ruck when he gets on there. Um, whilst not a bigger body like Penne and Sims, he's he's got some really, really good leg speed. Um, and again, he's that t- that type of toiler that will just get in there and just work his work his backside off, especially in defence, in and around the ruck. So um, Storm lose nothing in terms of work rate with him. Um, Penne, again, I'm an unabashed fan of Penne. I think um, there's, there's a really, really good footballer in him. Uh, big body, good leg speed. Um, I, I want to see more of him, and I think um, hopefully um, as the weeks go on, if he can stay injury-free, he can can really shore up a, a a real consistent spot on that interchange bench for the Storm. I like the fact that that rotation of Nelson, um, Welshy, Josh King, Aaron Penne, Tariq Sims, Garlic, and Eisenhuth, that, that gives the Storm a real, real good um, middle forward rotation. And especially um, having Aaron Penne there as well as a big body and Tarek Sims is a big body. So if Welsh and Asafa Solomon need a breather, um, you've got you've got two big bodies still coming on to sort of hold that momentum um, and ensure that the advantage doesn't swing to the opposition, um, which can tend uh, to happen. If you've got two big men and you're replacing them with two smaller men, um, so size in and around the ruck um, is very very important. Um, ideally, you want to be taking off two big men and putting two bigger men on, or at least equal size, so you don't lose that momentum uh, in and around the ruck area. Let's have a look at the uh, the Rabbitohs team. So. The team list for South Sydney, uh, Latrell Mitchell at fullback, Alex Johnston and Tane Milne on the wings, Isaiah Tass and Campbell Graham, who has been in some red-hot form for the Rabbitohs on that right edge, uh, are in the centres. Cody Walker, uh, again, also like Graham and Mitchell, who have been um, in, a, in a real real good spot of form of late. Um, Lachlan Ilias, who continues to grow in confidence every single week. Uh, Tavita Totola and Hame Sele in the front row. Damian Cook, um, who's back to his running best on the back of a, of, of a big Rabbitohs pack that really lays a really good platform for him to jump out and run. Uh, Michael Cheekham and Jacob Host uh, in the second row and... Cameron Murray is at lock and their captain. On the interchange bench, Jed Cartwright, Joy Arrow, uh, who's been sensational since returning from injury. Uh, Liam Knight will play his first first grade game for the Rabbitohs, returning from a horrible knee injury that he sustained last year. 
uh, and Tom Burgess, uh, a big body who, again, provides really good impact for the Rabbitohs when he does come on the field. Um, they are without uh, Keon Kolomatangi, who's been a real strike weapon uh, on the edge um, on on that on that right-hand side. Um, he'll be a big loss, but... Uh, again, that's a, that is one formidable team. He's he's really their their, their only player that's missing, um, and this this is probably their best their best full strength team and lineup that they can throw out in the field. So they'll be up for it. They'll be wanting to change the result of uh, what happened in round five, where the Storm went up to Sydney and pulled their pants down and got the two points. Uh, Manny that night had had tipped the Rabbitohs for for a comprehensive victory against a, a weakened Storm team um, that were missing their their first first choice halfback and their their prop one carry in Nelson. Um, so it's going to be a really really good contest. I still think I look at the Storm, especially their their back row, and I think a lot of people underrate the value of the Melbourne Storm forward pack especially that back row. Um, a lot of people still don't sort of see Liero, Katoa and King as, uh, as I suppose, um, players of, of, of note that can, uh, that can really influence a game um, where other teams sort of pride themselves on their back row. Um, so I think that is actually an advantage for Melbourne Storm because... I don't really like using flying under the radar, but in in essence, that's exactly what it is. They're they're very unassuming. Liero, Katoa, and King. Um, they probably haven't got the the notoriety and and the status of other of other back rowers uh, in the NRL. But uh, look, they're doing a job. They're fitting into the system at the Storm. Um, the shape on both edges. They're really really complementing Munster and Hughes. Um, and and they're outside men in Olam and uh, and Remus Smith as well, so um, that's fine. I, I'm happy for the Storm to to not really get any any raps in terms of their their players. The the better off um, people are talking about other teams and talking up other teams, whilst Melbourne can just go about their business. I think I think really really bodes well for for the Storm. Um, so let's hope that that does. That does prove to be the case. Uh, I suppose the other thing to mention too is that this game is at Suncorp Stadium uh, as a part of Magic Round. So all eight games this weekend, uh, if you've been living under a rock, uh, will be played at um, at Suncorp Stadium. So it's a, it's a festival of football, if you like, in Brisbane. Um, and, uh, yeah, it looks like a real carnival atmosphere up there. I, I'm yet to attend one. Uh, it is on the bucket list, but um, maybe maybe next year we'll see how things go. Uh, but um, since 2004, when the Storm played their first game up at Suncorp, um, the Storm have played 36 times at, uh, at Suncorp Stadium, recording 26 victories with a win percentage of 72.2%. So the Storm love playing at Suncorp. It's a big game venue and Melbourne's big game players seem to relish and rise in this particular stadium. So let's hope that remains the case this Saturday night 
against the informed Rabbitohs who are on a roll and full of momentum. We can only hope. the injury and rehab update. So at the moment, we've got George Jennings, who has succumbed to a hamstring injury. The winger is expected to resume full training next week after picking up his injury playing for the Brisbane East Tigers three weeks ago. Um, when I was down um, in Melbourne for the Anzac Day, I, I, I got up every morning and, and went for a run around Amy Park, and I was, uh, I was a keen onlooker. Uh, running around Gosh's paddock as uh, as the rehab boys were doing doing their thing, getting flogged by the performance staff, and I did see Jennings with a very very heavily strapped uh, right hamstring. So um, yeah, that was um, before I knew he he'd actually was on the injured list uh, as he did make his um, his comeback from an ACL only a couple of weeks back. So uh, let's hope he can get back to um, to back to full fitness and back playing for, for East Tigers and strengthen that depth for the Storm if needed. Alec McDonald. Now, I was fortunate enough to get to the captain's run on the Monday before Anzac Day on the Tuesday and noticed that McDonald was training away from the main group and had his elbow um, heavily strapped Um so after missing the Anzac Day game against the Warriors, he'll hopefully return to playing in the next fortnight. That seems to be the uh, the prognosis from the Storm Medical team. So, um, and he's been really, really good. Again, I've I've got a big rap on young McDonald. He's he's only a baby in terms of in terms of his um, career as as a, as a middle forward. Um, you know, he's twenty going on twenty one. He's he's got a lot of football, uh, a lot of growth. Um, to go in terms of being a a really really solid middle forward, uh, he's got some really really good leg speed, and that's one thing I like, especially in the quicker game now. So, um, solid body with good leg speed, they're hard to come by um, in middle forwards. Tom Eisenhuth, um, who had a hip complaint and was another absentee from the Warriors game after being injured in the round seven game uh, and loss against Manly at uh, Four Points Park. He has a chance to return to action this week, and as may mentioned, he's already been named in the in the 17, so we'll just see how he gets through captain's run and this week and see if he does run out. Um, the Storm are always a better team with Eisenhuth in it too. He's just so versatile uh, and provides a point of difference. So fingers crossed Tommy can can be back out there. Young Jack Howarth, shoulder. So Howarth sustained a shoulder dislocation playing for the Sunshine Coast Falcons uh, on Sunday. He will be reviewed by a shoulder specialist later this week to determine if he needs to have surgery. That doesn't sound good. That does not sound good. So um, he did have um, 
off-season surgery last season, uh, last year, I should say, and um, that's that's a concern. So we'll just watch watch and see uh, what what does transpire there. Ryan Pappenhausen, as we know, uh, the exact date of Pap's return is still to be confirmed. Um, he was on the Matty John show um, last week and, and was quoted saying, I wish I had a proper answer to this question when I'll be back, but I guess for everyone to understand it's still a bit complicated. Um, so you know, I, I, I think that's no real big surprise there. We understand that um, this is, this is a, a serious injury that perhaps is returning from. And I think it's important to note too that there's no problem with the actual knee. The knee's fine. The kneecap has healed. It's the muscles around the knee, so the quadricep muscles around the knee um, that that are still taking some time to build up to where they need it to be. Um, perhaps as, as we know, he's been running back on land. Um, he's doing everything that's required of him in terms of resistance and strength training in the gym, squats, lunges, etc. Um, so there's no issue in terms of that. It's just building that muscle up in and around the quad, um, around the knee. So he's he went on to say that I've got a bit of a deficiency in the right quad, which I did my knee on, and it's all about just getting it under 10%. Once it's under 10%, it should ramp up, but we've just had a few difficulties. It's annoying. I have to be patient. It's frustrating for me as well, but that's the best way I can explain it. So, again, it's just it's one of those things where patience is a virtue. And um, fingers crossed he, he'll just keep chipping away and um, undoubtedly we'll, we'll see him back when, when he's ready. Uh, Dean Oromea, as we know, the wing will not be available for the rest of the season uh, due to the uh, the ACL rupture uh, in the trials against the Warriors. Um, so to all those boys, Godspeed on the recovery and, uh, yeah, let's hope they can all get back on the field ASAP. <laughs> Storm news now. Nelson Asofa-Solomona re-signs. How good. Explosive Nelson Asofa-Solomona has declared his love for the Melbourne Storm as a key factor in shunning a move to rugby union to re-sign with Melbourne for a further Four years. Asofa Solomona had the blessing of his late father, Sora, and his mum to make the transition to rugby and potentially play for the Wallabies, but he opted to stay in Melbourne where he feels most comfortable. I'm grateful that rugby looked at me, he said after the Storm's 30-22 win over the New Zealand Warriors in the Anzac Day Classic at Amy Park. I was seriously having a look at rugby. I felt like I've given lots of rugby league. I thought I was a good chance to go to rugby, but I love the Storm too much. This is my home. 
Now, as a Storm fan, as a Storm member, isn't that just so great to hear that the player, the player loves the club, loves the jersey, loves the place too much to leave. Now, that's that's just fantastic. And I suppose we're in a period now in the game where a lot of a lot of debate is centering in and around the current NRL transfer rules and transfer market and free agency, as they call it. Um, and when you've got someone like, for example, Jack Whiten, who has decided to not take up an option in his contract and go to market, and after 14 years with the Canberra Raiders, he's actually now leaving. Um because he wants to win a premiership and he obviously doesn't believe he can do that at uh, at the Raiders. So um, you've got a player like that that's that's deciding to to spread to spread their wings and go elsewhere, but then on the other side of, of the coin you've got someone like Nelson that he just doesn't want to leave because he loves he loves the storm too much. And it's just as a fan and as a, as a member of of the club, it's just so heartening to hear. Um, you know, we understand that sport is a business, and it's a two way street, right? Where players can leave whilst club wants to keep them, um, but a club can also move on a player, and they might not necessarily want to go. So it's just that's just the business of of professional sport. But it, it, it's when you hear Nelson say that I love the storm too much. This is my home. It goes to show that loyalty is not dead, and there is some loyalty still left in the in the game of rugby league. And it's great to he- it's great to hear. It's great to see um, for not only Melbourne Storm, but I think for rugby league in general as well. Um, so that's that's a really really good thing for for the club. Uh, Nelson had a major impact on the Storm's comeback win over the Warriors that improved the club's record to five wins and three losses in 2023. The big man stamped his authority on the game, accumulating 168 run metres, including 72 post-contact metres in just 59 minutes. So, yeah, about 60 minutes, as uh, as I alluded to earlier. With an exodus of forwards in the off-season, Nelson Asolfo Solomona's signature was a priority for the Storm. Storm coach Craig Bellamy was thrilled when he heard uh, about the news in the rooms post-game. It was massive for the club, to be quite honest, Bellamy said. He's quite unique in what he can do on the field. All the guys really respect him with what he brings to the team off the field as well. It's a great thing for the club. Our chairman, Matt Tripp, just announced it. I didn't even know myself. There you go. Even Belliac was uh, was taken by surprise. And uh, let's let's hear what uh, chairman, uh, Matt Tripp, had to say post-game. Yeah, boys, um, great effort tonight. I won't go on after what Belliac said, but I just thought I'd address that there's one point that's been a lot of media speculation over the last few weeks around about key players and um, we all probably know and have read that he's been chased by other clubs and other codes and um, I'm very proud to announce tonight that he probably came on to turn the game but the big fella, the big nass, is down for four years. 
some great scenes in the Melbourne Storm dressing sheds uh, with Matt Tripp announcing Nelson's re-signed for four seasons and the boys going absolutely bonkers and um, celebrating and jumping on him and building a pyramid around him. So it was, uh, no, it was, it was great, great seeing, especially more so after a win as well. So uh, it was great. It was great to see. Uh, Bellyache described the negotiations between the club and Nelson's management as a roller coaster. He went on to say, we're all happy he's come to the decision that he has and, like I say, he'll be a great asset to the club. I spoke to the chairman, Matt Tripp, a couple of times and it was a bit of a roller coaster. He's just about ready to sign and 24 hours later it looks like he might be going to rugby. Uh, the last four or five days it's been up and down. So that's how that's how close it was, I suppose, where Nelson was wrestling with the opportunity to go to rugby union where he would have been well, well remunerated um, if the Joseph Swali'i um, contract is anything to go by. Um, so, yeah, um, Nelson, um, a Suffolk manner, thanked Wallabies coach Eddie Jones and Rugby Australia director Hamish McLennan for the chance to discuss a move to rugby, but... Again, his love for the club, love for the Storm, love for the purple jersey, love for Melbourne uh, was too much, uh, which is great. And Nelson was interviewed after the game, and let's hear what he had to say about uh, about the Storm and re-signing and recommitting. Nass, big congratulations. 2027, another four years of Nass. Must be good to have that locked away. Oh, yeah, just peace of mind, day, knowing that we've got um, you know, a bit of security and for my family um, in terms of staying at such an awesome club. I love the Storm so much. and um, Took the risk back, back in 2010 when I was a young young pup and the Storm uh, really showed their loyalty for such a long time. I wanted to show the loyalty back. and um, Yeah, now we're here for another four more years. I'm just so stoked. You're heading towards 200 games. So hopefully this will take you well over 200. Yeah, no, absolutely. Obviously, you have those sort of things in the back of back of your mind. Um, uh, you know, 200 is a massive feat, and um, you know, I want to be here for for a very long time. So hopefully I can uh, catch up to the goat, uh, Cam Smith. But I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> now it was a bit of a secret there that you had signed today, and did you know that the chairman was going to announce it after the game, or was that a surprise to you as well? Oh no, it was, it was a surprise. So um, uh, really cool to. Uh, get that get that box ticked off, but yeah, I actually signed before the game. Um, you know, I wanted to be the first player to ever sign on game day, <laughs> so um, I'm just happy happy we can move on and just focus on uh, playing good football each week. And then the reaction from your teammates when you heard those new the news. Were you ready for that? No, nah, I wasn't. I remember back in 2016 when uh, Jesse Bromwich got named New Zealand captain, and um, all the boys did exactly that. And uh, I guess that's that's how I. Um, that's how I felt. I felt just the love from all the boys and from the whole club. And um, I'm so stoked. I love this club. And we love you, Nelson. We love you. Marvel Stadium confirmed. Marvel Stadium will play host to two block. Buster Storm home games against last year's grand finalists as the race for the 2023 NRL Premiership continues. In its first game at Australia's only indoor football stadium since 2010 and 
a feature of its 25th anniversary season, Melbourne Storm will play reigning premiers, the Penrith Panthers, on Friday night, June 30, and 2022 NRL grand finalists and runners-up, the Parramatta Eels, on Friday the 28th of July. Melbourne Storm CEO Justin Rodsky said, with Amy Parker unavailable during June and July due to commitments to the FIFA Women's World Cup, the club had considered a number of alternatives, but both inside and outside Victoria for two home games. When it was clear that Amy Park would not be available and we would have to take our home games elsewhere, a key factor for us was looking after our members and fans, Rodsky said. They gave us such great support over this disrupted 2020 and 2021 seasons when we had to relocate interstate and then backed up by helping us set new records in membership last year. In circumstances to be playing here in Melbourne metro area where the vast majority of our passionate Storm members are based was very important to the club and provides the best possible outcome for our members. Justin Rodsky was on hand to announce um, the Storm's move uh, to Marvel during the week. Here's a little of what the Melbourne Storm Chief Executive Officer had to say on the relocation of the club's two home games. The biggest concern was the AFL floating fixture. So we've been working closely with state government, with the AFL, with Marvel and, and uh, Melbourne Olympic Parks Trust. And there's not a lot of venues in, in Victoria that can play rectangular sport, particularly with the size of crowd that we'd be looking to have. So um, when we first started discussing the opportunity to play here, everyone was really keen and positive about it, but we just couldn't lock it in because of the AFL floating fixture. So when we got the news through from the AFL that we could confirm the fixtures, it was a little bit of a relief. Um, obviously not ideal to be not playing at our home ground at Amy Park, uh, but uh, you know we do have a history here, so it's great to be back uh, in our 25-year anniversary year playing at Marvel Stadium. And pleasingly, the NRL have looked after us and given us two really big Sydney clubs to play against, so we're expecting a really big crowd, and for anyone that hasn't been to a rugby league game but loves coming to Marvel Stadium under the roof here, not impacted by the weather, um, we, you know, we're expecting a really big crowd. Our, our biggest home and away crowd here is just over 25,000 and our biggest uh, crowd altogether is a preliminary final back in 2007 where we got just over 33,000 so um, we'd like to think that we'd be somewhere around that 30,000 mark in terms of crowds for this for these two games and um, yeah hopefully we get a big representation of not just Melbourne Storm fans and members but uh, sports fans in Melbourne coming down to to see a, 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 you know, a really big game of rugby league under the roof here at Marvel Stadium. So Storm members will be contacted with specific information on the Marvel Stadium matches, uh, including details of the pre-sale window, which will allow full-season members time to redeem their upgraded seats. So very similar to uh, finals games or the Anzac Day game, um, it'll be a a very similar process like that. Uh, Tickets for the general public will go on sale on May 23 via Ticketmaster. Melbourne Storm are obviously also advertising a special two-game Marvel Stadium membership. So if Storm fans and supporters out there uh, aren't members 
and are looking to become members, this is potentially a great opportunity and great money, great value for money in terms of being able to become a Melbourne Storm member and take up this uh, this exclusive offer. So check out melbournestorm.com.au for details in and around that. Click on membership and go from there. Uh, Melbourne Storm have played 13 matches at the then Colonial Stadium, as it was once known, in 2001, followed by another seven matches across the 20, uh, 2007 to 2010 seasons. The last game the Storm played there was a 40-6 to victory against the New Zealand Warriors in the 2010 Anzac Day Clash in front of a crowd of almost 24,000 people. Uh, I think all Storm fans would remember that specific game. So Storm set to to call Marvel home. So uh, what's old is new once again. Now, Bellamy, will he or won't he? Another week. Another headline. Yeah, it just—it's uh, the never-ending story, isn't it? So, uh, and whilst whilst he hasn't made a decision, it will continue to be a headline. That's just the way it is. But um, Chairman uh, Matt Tripp was asked uh, about uh, Bellyache in terms of his gut feeling, uh, in terms of where things were at, um, and he spoke to. Uh, afternoons uh, with Jimmy Smith on SEN 1170 um, during uh, the week. And here's what Matt Tripp had to say regarding Bellyache. Just on Coach Bellamy, I know you granted him an extension of a month um, for him to make that decision. Are you any clearer on that? Are you happy to go another month if you get the right answer, (laughs) Matt? I'm hoping it's less than a month, Jimmy. I I feel it's imminent. I, I think Craig acknowledges that the longer it goes on, the, the less runway we have to find a replacement. Yeah. And, you know, we'll never find a, a replacement of the great Craig Bellamy, but we will need as much time as we can to run a pretty comprehensive and thorough search in order to to get the right person to, to fill the void. So, uh, you know, at, at the clock ticks, he realises that runway shortens, so he, he's very mindful that it's his neat, that decision needs to be made soon. Yeah. So there you go. And I think Tripp's comments are, uh, are very... Spot on. I think it's imminent. Um, Belliac does, he'd know that the longer it drags out, the less time the Storm and the club have to make a decision in that regard, which which has me tending to think. And again, as I've said time and time again over these podcast episodes, my gut feel is that he still has the hunger, he still has the drive, he still has the passion to keep coaching. He's showing no signs of relenting. You can see the passion and, and the vigour in the coaching box. You can see how direct he is in the in the dressing sheds. Um, going and, and watching the captain's run on the Monday before the Anzac Day game, I watched Belliac very, very closely and calling the shots during their during their captain's run, he looked like a coach that is, is loving, loving his job, showing, as I said, no signs of, of 
of of of wanting to give it away or or he's he looks tired or fatigued or you name it he's he's looking as as hung, hungry as ever to achieve and this young group of players that is now coming through the younger cohort of player it's almost like he's got a res- he feels as though he's got a responsibility to ensure that he needs to instill values and ethics and principles in these young players of what it means to be an NRL first grade footballer but what it also means to be a Melbourne Storm footballer a Melbourne Storm player and jerseys aren't just handed out willy-nilly you have to earn it and it seems to it seems to have reinvigorated him once again, which we've seen over the years when new players would come through. When the likes of Kafusi, Munster, Kenny Bromwich, um, Nelson, Christian Welsh, these guys that came through, these young these young guys, Brandon Smith, etc., these guys that came through, and the millennials, if you like. They, uh, yeah, they they really they reinvigorated and revitalized him as a coach because he, it was a challenge for him because the younger player is a different player to the older player, um, so he had to adapt, he had to evolve, but he also enjoyed the challenge that they they were presenting because the difference between an older player and a younger player, the younger player. The modern-day millennial player that plays the game now, they don't carry their divots. So if they make a mistake or they stuff up, they get on with it. They move on very, very quickly, which means that there's an air of confidence in their persona on the field as well as off the field, whilst the older player sort of beats themselves up, feels like they've let the team down, etc. So there's a, there's a vast contrast between the older players and the younger players and that younger player now that's come through and giving, I suppose, a greater sense of confidence to the playing group and the enthusiasm that they do bring, that enthusiasm is rubbing off on Craig Bellamy and, again, he feels the the need and the notion to say, well, you know what, I can't just walk out now because I've got these young kids and they need, they need mentorship, they need tutelage, they need to understand what it takes to be a consistent regular NRL first-grade footballer, but they under, they need to understand what it means to be a Melbourne Storm player as well. And that's a challenge for him as a coach. And coaches need challenges, and he's got one. And by the sounds of it and by the looks of it, from what the optics of it are, is that he's absolutely loving it. He's loving this new challenge that this new, this new group is, is providing him with. Um, which is fantastic because, again, my gut feel, my gut feel is that he will coach on. Um, and, again, the longer, the longer it drags, drags out, the, the more positive things look um, week by week, day by day, hour by hour, second by second. So um, let's see. Let's see if my, my gut feel um, does, come, does come to fruition. We shall, we shall see, we shall see. But uh, as I said, 
I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I'd be having a sneaky, sneaky pineapple on uh, on bellyache continuing to go around. <laughs> Well, that's it for this week. Um, thank you so much for listening, as always. I uh, had a week off last week with the bye. Um, just like the players, I I, uh, I got back from Melbourne uh, rather late um, and with no Melbourne Storm game on, I took the opportunity to to rest the, uh, rest the tonsils, rest the vocal cords and... Um, yeah, just really sort of sat down and enjoyed the football without the stress of of, of seeing what was going to be happening with the storm. So, but um, again, um, I made mention to it earlier. The Anzac Day game and weekend was absolutely fantastic. Uh, all Storm fans and members, um, do yourself a favour, attend one of those games. And to those lucky buggers that are getting up to Magic Round, enjoy it. Um, we are the uh, the game of the round against the Rabbitohs, prime time, 7.30, Saturday night. Doesn't get any bigger than that. Um, so against two heavyweights of the competition, uh, it's a game that will really, I suppose, show where where both teams are at. Um, the Rabbitohs have momentum. Um, apart from the, the blip against the Manly Warringah Seagulls, the Storm were... We're going okay. They'd won three on the trot, so they've won um, three out of their last four. So form is there. Uh, the effort's there. We just need to ensure that, um, yeah, we, we continue to go on with it. And one thing about the Storm is that they love the big occasions um, and they always get up for bigger games. It's, 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 it's weird. It, I always feel more confident going into a game against a bigger team, a more successful team than I do against a team that's potentially struggling or outside of the eight. I don't know if that's a, a, a an internal, um, an internal, shall we say, complacency viewpoint from a supporter's perspective, but um, it just seems to be, yeah, the the, the storm always get up for big games against big opposition. Uh, and I, I don't doubt that will be um, an issue for them coming up against the, the high-flying Rabbitohs this Saturday night. I think they'll be they'll be up for the challenge. And they need to start hard. They need to start fast. Um, they can't uh, allow the, the Rabbitohs to get on the front foot early on um, due to just the attacking threats on both both sides of the ruck that the Rabbitohs have. Uh, they play a very, very strong, potent game through the middle. Uh, a lot of their attack is generated off Cam, Cam Murray, who opens up the field for both both edges, both halves, to do their thing uh, as a first receiver, so to speak, which is the way modern-day locks, uh, ball-playing locks are now playing. Um, and a lot of the attack comes off him. So they've really, really got to l- limit the op- the opportunity and time with the ball, and a lot of that's going to come down to effective and consistent line speed, uh, good kick pressure, legal pressure on the kickers, uh, and again, really, really trying to play field position as well. And obviously defence. Defence is everything. So if the Storm can defend the way they have been over the past four or five weeks, 
then they'll be into this game up to the eyeballs. And then it comes down to some potentially monster magic, shall we say, some Harry Houdini craft in and around the rock and potentially the uh, the storm can pull a rabbit out of the hat. Let's see. Let's see how we go. So I think it'll be a hard-fought contest. I'm going to say Storm by four uh, in a uh, in a game that's probably going to go the full 80. It'll go right down to the wire. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an epic contest. So, yeah, settle yourself in for those of you that can't get to, to Magic Ground and um, get yourself ready on the couch and cheer on our boys. This Saturday night, um, and uh, let's hope it's a fabulous weekend of rugby league. And uh, let's hope our beloved Melbourne Storm can come away with the two points. Uh, and uh, yeah, go Melbourne.